Buenos días. Buenos días. Bienvenidos a todos. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to convocation this morning. Uh, as you can see here on the slide, we are the Nicaragua SST unit from this past summer. Uh, I'm Luke Zare, and I'm going to just open with a few general facts about Nicaragua. You can see in its Central American regional context there where it's located geographically. And uh, there are 18 departments of the country shown on this map here. It's the largest Central American country. Uh, its official name is Republica de Nicaragua. Uh, its size is about roughly the size of the state of Illinois or the state of New York. And as you can see, uh, se around 7% of its land mass, its surface area is water, has the two largest uh, lakes in Central America, Lake Nicaragua and Lake Managua. Declared independence from Spanish colonialism on the 15th of September in 1821, Nicaragua has about four or five-ish uh, different independence days, first from Spanish colonialism, then from the first Mexican empire a few years later, then from the Federation of Central American States a, bit, a few uh, decades later, and then from a, a brutal dictatorship that had ruled the country for 40 years, much of the middle of the 20th century. Uh, and that was on 19 July, 1979. That was when the, the Liberation Front, Frente Sandinista de Liberación Nacional, uh, took control of the country. And this, this political party, which is, is left-leaning left and uh, Marxist-Leninist-influenced, Leninist is now uh, back and, and ruling the country again since 2006. Uh, the population of the country is, is just under six million. Here's a, a Google map of just where people were spread out on their service locations. So you can see that, that people were, were clustered somewhat around, around Managua, but there, there were people in, in various parts of the country. And so next, people will be sharing personal stories from First, a few from study. Steph Schwarzentruber and Linnell Yoder will be sharing from study, and then most other people will be sharing from service. So uh, go ahead and come up and introduce yourselves, everyone. Um, I'm Steph Schwarzentruber, and I'm a senior at Goshen this year. Do you want to go? Sure. And I'm Linnell Yoder. I'm a senior elementary ed major. Um, and I'm just going to give you a little overview of what we did during our first six weeks in Nicaragua during the study portion of our summer. Um, our host families were spread out living-wise in three different towns about a five to ten minute drive from each other, um, Duriamba, Dolores, and Hinotepe. But all of our classes and daily gatherings were held in Hinotepe, which had a population of about 30,000 people, um, even though the town only had two stoplights. Um, a typical day of study for me began around 7.30 as I would wake up to my mom's radio, which she listened to while making her daily sweet bread um, to sell at her self-owned bakery. After eating a huge breakfast of rice and beans, eggs, fresh sweet bread, and limonada, I would head to morning Spanish classes, which were held in a building owned by CEPAD, which is a national Christian organization in Nicaragua. Our group was divided into three different levels of Spanish classes based on our original Spanish abilities before coming to the country. 
My middle-level group had the opportunity to be with Don Ramon, a retired teacher who had a good sense of humor that he incorporated into class, one time through standing up on his desk to emphasize a point he was trying to make. After Spanish classes in the morning, then, uh, we would be free to find a restaurant to eat at around um, downtown Hinotape. Some of our favorites included a Malaysian vegetarian restaurant, a telecafe that had good sandwiches, um, a Chinese restaurant, and various panaderias, which would have sweet bread and other delectable baked goods. In the afternoon then, our class would reconvene around 2 o'clock at UCN, the Central University of Nicaragua, located in the southern part of the city. Um, each day we would meet for one to two hours and listen to speakers who talked about various aspects of Nicaraguan culture, including the history, education system, healthcare, and natural diversity of the country, among other topics. Once a week, we would also gather in the afternoons for lunch at Deanna and Carrie, our leader's house, to reflect on our weekly experiences and catch up with other SSTers. In the evenings, then, we would return home to spend time with our various host families. So, what else going to talk about? Yeah, um, my host family lived in Dolores, which is, of all the cities and towns in Nicaragua that are big enough to actually be called cities, it's the smallest, with about 7,000 people, I think. Um, I had a 30-minute walk to class each day, which was actually really fun, just to kind of hang out and talk with other SSTers on the way um, to and from class. The family I lived with, I specifically requested to be with a large, poor family, and that was what I got, so that was really awesome. Um, they, I think, yeah, I lived with 11 other people. Uh, there were three bedrooms. I got one all to myself, um, which was pretty humbling. They sacrificed a lot. Uh, to let me live with them, and we shared one bathroom between the 12 of us, so it was pretty exciting. I had um, six uh, host siblings between the ages of 15 and 25, and then a couple little nieces and nephews. I guess, I don't know, oh, no, the pictures, I don't know if there's any pictures, nope, from my family. I think I asked for a few, but I don't know if they actually, yeah, that's all right. You can still see other pictures. Um, but yeah, so... Something else that was cool about study, the, um, each city and town in Nicaragua has kind of their own little like um, saint that they celebrate. Um, and Dolores, the city that I lived in, had their celebration for their saint while we were there. Um, I'm trying to remember, I believe the celebration, I know it ended with, uh, like it lasted about a month. And there were various events throughout the month. Um, at the beginning, there were kind of dances every night at the local gymnasium, which were... Um, pretty provocative at times, um, if I remember correctly. There was a big uh, equestrian festival in the middle of it, so there was one day that there were just like all these horses parading through the city, which was also pretty interesting. Um, and then at the end, they had kind of this giant uh, pole climbing contest. So all a bunch of men in the city who um, were probably some of the more foolish men of the city, if you ask me, um, got to try to climb this giant telephone pole that was covered in car grease, and their bodies were also covered in car grease. Um, they set off a lot of fireworks throughout. It, I think it kind of lasted the whole afternoon. They would kind of climb on top of each other, and then they wouldn't quite make it, so then they would take a break for a little while, drink some beer, come back, try again. Um, so that was quite interesting to watch. There was one day that I was walking home from school, and at various times throughout the month and a half that we were there, there were um, just various parades throughout the city. And there was one day that I was coming home from school, and I turned down my street, which is kind of a little back street in Dolores, and suddenly I see this, like, 
kind of a mob coming towards me, I guess. Um, a bunch of people kind of wearing like demon or grim reaper kind of masks and carrying torches. Um, and so as you can expect, I was, as you can guess, I was probably, I was a little bit freaked out by that. Um, so I just kind of stood off to the side on the sidewalk and waited till they passed. And as they got closer, I saw that they were children. So I was like, okay, they aren't going to like, I mean, when I saw this mob, my first thought was, oh, KKK, something like that. So um, <laughs> it obviously turned out to be okay. Um, and then I got home and my family asked me if I had been afraid of it and kind of made fun of me for having been a little bit nervous. But yeah, so that was kind of a little snapshot for you all of what um, study was like for us. Hello, my name's Kat Berg. I'm a senior nursing major. My name is Rachel Stolitzfus. I'm a senior social work major. And we're going to be talking about the field trips that we went on, and this was something that we look forward to every week. Um, I'm going to start out by talking about our trip to Pearl Lagoon. It's on the east coast of Nicaragua, just off the Caribbean. It was our biggest and longest field trip that we went on. It was a long bus ride and a two-hour boat ride, which was really fun. And um, yeah, so the east or the yeah the east coast is different from the west coast in that um, it was a British protectorate and it wasn't colonized by the Spaniards, which means that they don't primarily speak. Um, primarily speak Spanish, and there are seven different languages that they spoke, which some included English, Creole, Mosquito. And while we were there, we got to um, do some educational things, like an educational speaker came and talked with us, and then we also visited um, a Mosquito village in the area. We also got the privilege of spending the day on a private island, which we spent majority of the day in the sun, which resulted in painful sunburns and dehydration. Later that night, we had dancing planned, which didn't go so well, because all we wanted to do was go to sleep. But, yeah. So. Um, as Kat mentioned, we went on a lot of different field trips all over the country. And one that was memorable for me was an Esteli, and it was the Gallery of Heroes and Martyrs. But before I get into that, I want to cover a little background. In the 1970s and 80s, Nicaragua had a revolution and a war within the country. And this affected many different families and many people were killed. Um, so the museum was made by a woman and many other women to honor the heroes from the war. Um, and she blessed us enough to share her story with us. Um, she had two sons and two daughter, or three daughters and her two sons went off to the war. Um, they were in the war for a while and she hadn't heard anything from them, whether they were alive or not, and so she decided to join the war. Um, when she went up to the mountains to be where they were for the war, she found out that her two sons were killed. And before she left, she split her three daughters up among her family members. Um, and so she just continued to tell her story about her struggle with revenge and with coming to peace with the war and then the war eventually ending. Um, I really enjoyed this field trip because it made it real. The whole time we were there, we heard about the revolution and the war and how it affected many different people. And to see different pictures along the museum uh, made the people that were fighting and the people that were killed a reality.
So this is our group um, in the museum, and then the pictures behind us are two of the most famous pictures from the war. One is of Sandino, who was the start of um, the FSLN, which is the Federal Sandinista Liberation. Liberation. <laughs> Um, and then the other is of a woman um, with a machete and nursing a baby because many of the women... A machine gun. A machine gun, yeah. Nursing um, because many of the women also joined the war. My name is Brooke Hostetter. I am a senior music education major. Um, after study, I went on service to a little community in the mountains of Nicaragua. This is where my community was, is a little place called El Balsamo. And there I stayed with a wonderful family, um, and I had a host mom there. Uh, that's her. There she is making tortillas. And every single morning, um, well, a lot of mornings, I would get up and we would make tortillas together in the morning. And this was a really awesome time for me because that in those mornings, um, Caridad, her name, um, she would ask me all kinds of questions. She had such a curious personality and she would just sit there and just ask me all kinds of questions. And it was really good for me because it pushed me to figure out how to answer those questions in Spanish. Um, um, anyways, <clears throat> so this one morning, we were up early making tortillas and um, Caridad normally, you know, asks questions, and she looked at me, and she said, do you speak Chinese? <laughs> and I was like, no. I was like, that's a hard language. I don't speak that language. It's really hard. I speak English and a little bit of Spanish. That's all. And she was like, me neither. <laughs> and then she looked at me, and she said, ching, ching, tong, tong. <laughs> It was just, it was a funny moment. We laughed for a long time, a long time. Um, but then after, <laughs> after that though, she said, she said, well, do you know where China is? And I was like, well, I mean, I don't know China. I've never been to China, but like, yeah, I mean, I know kind of where it is. Like it's to the West, you know? And I was like, and she was like, oh, well, well, can you show me, like, where's China? Where's the U.S.? Like, where are all these countries, right? So we're standing in the kitchen, and this is what I did. I was like, I was like, okay, well, this is Nicaragua, okay? And this is China. <laughs> this is Nicaragua. This is the U.S. And then I was like, uh, and, and Brazil's down here. And she was like, no. No, really? And she was like, where's Israel? Where's, where's all these places in the Bible? Like, she wanted to know all these places, like, where they were in coordination to where she lived. And so I was like, well, I could draw you a map. Would you like me to draw you a map? And she was like, yes, please drop me a map. That'd be awesome. So I got a little paper. Like, I went and, like, tore a piece of paper out of my notebook, and I, like, scribbled out a map. And then I tore that out because it was awful. And I scribbled out another one, and that was awful. And then I did a third one. And finally, I was like, OK, this one's good enough. Like, I can show it to her. So I brought it in. And I was like, OK, here's Nicaragua. And she said, it's so small. And I was like, yeah, it's really small. And here's, here's the US, and here's Israel. And she wanted to know, like, where's the Red Sea? And like, where's all these places that she'd heard of, you know? 
And so anyways, it was, a, it was a really cool moment where I was able to take something that I knew and I could show her. And in reflecting on this experience, I thought about my education and how a lot of times in, in my schooling, I felt like really not, I mean, school has come hard to me and I haven't felt like the smartest person in my classes and stuff, but in this, in this experience, I really like realized what, what, how much I really do know and how even the knowledge of being able to draw a map and like know what the world looks like is something that a lot of people will never know. And um, so I was, I'm really thankful for this experience, for my path that, that was able to collide with another person's and that I was able to teach her something, but also that she was able to kind of reinstill in me the joy of learning and how awesome it is when you can be curious about something and um, yeah, have, have joy in what we're learning. Hello, my name is Mary Roth. Um, I'm a senior English major. Um, do you want to switch to the next slide? Get Doña Telma up there. Um, for my final project during SST, I uh, wrote a series of poems. Um, and I'm going to share one with you today. Um, and this one is about my, my host mother uh, during study. Her name was Doña Telma. Um, there she is. <laughs> Um, she was in her upper 70s and had severe arthritis, and this kind of left her mostly immobile in her rocking chair on our patio, um, which meant that uh, she had a lot of time to talk to people and um, a lot of time to tell stories. And I was, uh, in those first, uh, first month and a half, I was usually the recipient of, of those stories, um, which I loved a lot. Um, she... Uh, told me a lot about uh, advice for marriage, um, <laughs> and, but also some of her uh, experiences during the revolution. She was very involved in the revolution. Um, so I learned a lot from her. Um, and the poem I'm going to read is titled Miel, which is the Spanish word for honey. Um, and this is for Doña Telma. Miel, even the word begins slowly. It lingers on two lips with a taste of something sensual. I practice, tongue to teeth. Miel, miel. Abuela stirs a spoonful of miel into a curved mug and a smooth language flows from her tongue. Sticky words like dulce and suave. Words that fold themselves into the flame between us. We sit at a wooden table, our knees shyly touching and she strings together scenes from other lives. The sea that stole her son too soon, the shoes she polished so bright they shone white against the hot tar of Managua. Arthritis has taken her hands, twisted them tight, her wrists to knots so fierce even the grip of a spoon sends a gasp through her throat. But tonight she holds my face in her two crooked hands and sings, Buenas noches, amor. Sweet, slow as miel. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Andrew Glick. I was on service. If you can find the picture of the little boy in the Ralph, Born, Ralph Lauren polo hat, that was there. We go. Okay, that was my host brother on service. I am. Um, 
I went to rural Boaco. Uh, I was by myself for service, and that's my host dad to the right there. And there are a lot of stories I could tell. It was a rural agrarian culture, lots of new words, lots of new people. And, um, but I'm going to pick one story in particular that, um, that I know I will never forget. Um, it was the very first weekend. It was a Saturday morning. And uh, my father asked me whether I wanted to go somewhere. And uh, in general, you just say yes on SST, even if you have no idea what they really said. And, uh, and he's like, all right, well, I will go get the saddle. And I was like, well, I don't know how to ride a horse. Um, and so he goes and, and he gets the houses. I was, I was surprised, excited, and a, a little bit nervous. I had never ridden, so I talked to him, you know, well, you know what, do you, what do you do first? And, um, and his advice is, well, get on the horse. And um, <laughs> that was the extent of the training that I received that day. Um, so pulling from what I'd seen in various Western movies, I put one foot up and swung the other one over. And um, it's kind of like riding a bike, except the bike can run away. And um, uh, we set off right away at a trot, which for anyone who's read a horse, I don't know if you're supposed to learn that fast, but um, I about fell off most of the way. Um, so I don't know, you can flip through, well, let's see. This isn't, okay. You can flip through, there's a few more. Um, that's host sister. This is the type of landscape that you would, you would see. Um, there should be one of the paths if you go a few more. There, that would be an example of one um, that's a little more open than a lot of them, actually. But the, you get the idea that just very rocky. Um, and so we set out a trot. It's absolutely gorgeous. We, uh, we actually ended up riding for two and a half hours. Um, that's one way. And so we get out there, and he tells me, all right, well, I'm going to try to buy this cow, because he, he, he had met up with another guy who had, who had taken us out there. And um, so they go over, and you know, we, we get off the horses. And he yells something to me in Spanish. I don't know what he said. It's probably not important. And, um, <laughs> and so you know, he, he dropped the reins to his horse. I was like, well, you know, he didn't tie up his horse. I'm clearly not supposed to tie up my horse. And so you know, I walked over. You know, I just kind of dropped the reins and walked over and listened to him argue about the price of a cow for at least an hour. And OK, well, they can't. You know, one of them wants 10000 The other one wants 2000 It's not going to happen. So they get done, and we come back, and well, you know, the horses, the horses aren't here. Um, and, and, and he's like, well, I mean, did you, did you tie them up? And with that hand motion, I learned both the Spanish word for to tie, which I did not previously know, and that I was in a lot of trouble. Um, we began a, um, a frantic search, increasingly frantic search through the countryside. This is another one of those paths where there's kind of Two you could end up taking. They're just horse paths, lots of rocks. Anyway, so we're, we're just in the middle, the middle of nowhere. We don't have either of our horses. Um, we're basically running from hillside to hillside, climbing trees, and seeing if we can see the horses. Um, we had no choice but to keep looking because we couldn't return home. And um, the fact slowly sunk in that I had lost well over half of the net worth of my father. Um, long story short, over an hour, we spotted them, cornered them, lassoed them, and rode them two and a half hours back home. I wish the story was almost, I wish the story was over at that point, but when we got to about, I don't know, three miles from the house, my horse decided that it was, it was just time to get home. And um, no matter how hard I pulled on that horse's reins, it went at a full gallop for at least, I don't know, I figure somewhere, it was about three or four minutes, just like full on gallop. Um, and it, it, was, it was 
thrilling and absolutely terrifying. And I was quite certain that that would be my last day. Um, I learned a lot in Candelaria about simple living, contentment, and that, um, that beards are not my thing. And that, um, and I made some relationships that like that five hour horse ride, I will never forget. Thank you. All right, well, I think people are done sharing. Uh, so if we could go back to that original PowerPoint and the, the music, we'll run through some pictures since we're a little bit, should we sing, let's sing, while, while that's getting queued up, we're going to sing a, a yeah. <laughs> uh, We're gonna sing a song that um, we learned um, we would sing this a lot of times before we'd uh, have a meal or something. So we're going to sing the song two times through, and if you, would if you catch on and would like to join us on the third time through, feel free. Um, yeah, we're going to sing it for you. In case you're wondering, the translation for that is, uh, Lord, bless our bread, um, give bread to those who are hungry, and uh, hunger for justice to those who have bread. Um, yeah, you're free to go, or just stay and watch the photos if you like.